Hello, and welcome to another episode of Nostalgic Mystery Radio. I'm your host, Stevie Kay, and it's my honor to bring you the radio shows of yesteryear. For this episode, I bring you Agatha Christie's Miss Marple and Murder at the Vicarage. In St. Mary Mead, no one is despised more than Colonel Prothero. Even the local vicar has said that killing him would be doing a service to the townsfolk. So when Prothero is found murdered in the same vicar's study and two different people confess to the crime, it is time for Miss Marple to exercise her detective abilities. This will be a five-part series, so sit back and relax, and I hope you enjoy this Nostalgic Mystery Radio. Thank you for listening. seems to be no end to the peculiar things that are taking place at St. Mary Mead. First, the murder of Colonel Prothero in the vicar's study, then Lawrence Redding and Anne Prothero making false confessions to save one another, and now Dr. Stone, the archaeologist excavating a long barrow on Colonel Prothero's land, turns out to be an imposter. Everyone is wondering what on earth is going to happen next. We present June Whitfield as Miss Marple and Francis Matthews as the Reverend Leonard Clement in Agatha Christie's Murder at the Vicarage. Dear Griselda, if you and the vicar could come up and lunch here quietly today, I should be so very grateful. Something strange has occurred and I should welcome Mr Clement's advice. Yours affectionately, Anne Prothero. What do you suppose all that is about? We'll have to go, won't we? Yes, I think we will. I can't help wondering where all this is going to end. The murder investigation? No, well, not not just that. There are so many ramifications and undercurrents that we know nothing about. So many things that have been covered up for a long time. You mean things that don't really matter, but which get in the way? Yes. Hmm. Didn't Miss Marple say that Gladys Cram was staying at Old Hall for the weekend? She did, yes. Do you think Gladys was in on what Dr Stone was up to? Well, it's difficult to say. But Miss Marple did see her taking that suitcase up into the woods in the middle of Friday night. Mm, Yes, it's what Inspector Slack would describe as very fishy. Oh, did you tell him uh, what you discovered about Dr Stone? Yes, yes, I told him. But I, uh, I don't think he trusts me after the business of the clock. All he would say was that I mustn't breathe a word to anyone. Well... I shall be keeping a very wary eye on little Gladys from here on. Mrs Prothero is such a darling, isn't she? (laughs) And, of course, it isn't what you might call nice for a young girl to be all alone in a place like the Blue Boar with all those nasty reporters milling about. So you sought refuge here in Old Hall? I've never stayed anywhere like this before. Though it's not as though I haven't been making myself useful... You really need someone at a time like this. And that lettuce doesn't do much to help, does she? I'm so grateful you could come, both of you. Mercifully, I haven't had any experience of this sort of thing before. Have you seen the Sunday papers? Just look at this. Widow declares she will never rest till she has hunted down her husband's murderer. Mrs Prothero is certain that the murderer must be looked for locally. She has her suspicions but cannot say with certainty... Did you really tell them all this? Does it sound like me? I suppose it might have been worse. Um, 
Do you mind if I borrow your husband for a few minutes, Griselda? There's a little matter on which I need his advice. Gladys, get Mrs. Clement something to drink, will you? A pleasure, Mrs. P. What's your particular poison, Griselda? I'm sorry it's such a scramble. Such a mess up here. Well, I've never seen such a motley collection. Cracked vases, broken old furniture, pictures no one's interested in anymore. I'd better explain. Last night, I suppose it must have been about three o'clock, I couldn't sleep. And I thought I heard someone moving about here in the attic. I called up the stairs to ask if anyone were here, but there was no answer. And I heard nothing more. So I assume my nerves had been playing tricks on me, and I went back to bed. And then this morning, I thought I'd better take a look. And this is what I found. Hmm. This portrait. Good Lord. Not much of a portrait now, is it? Someone's hacked the face right out. What an extraordinary thing. Isn't it? Can you think of any explanation? Well, no, no, not at all. There's a kind of savagery about this that I don't like at all. It looks as as though it had been done in a fit of maniacal rage. It's quite frightening, isn't it? Who's the portrait of? I haven't the faintest idea. I've never noticed it before. But all these things go back to the time before I married Lucius. I've never bothered about them. Seems so senseless. Do you think I ought to do something about it? Should I tell the police? Oh, well, I can't imagine what slack might make of it. Do you think it could have anything to do with the murder? Well, on the face of it, it seems unlikely. But then how can one tell? It's just yet another peculiar thing. Do, um, Do you have any idea what you're going to do? What am I... Oh, I see what you mean. I shall live on here for six months. I don't want to, but I think it's the only thing to be done. Hmm. Otherwise, people would say that I ran away because of a guilty conscience. And after the six months? I shall marry Lawrence. I only hope that by then all this mystery will have been cleared up. Mm. Unless the real murderer is found, people will always think it was Lawrence. I won't rest until the killer is found. Well, at least the papers got that right. That's why I asked that girl here. Gladys Cram, you can't possibly think that silly young girl has anything to do with it at all. It's awfully easy to appear silly. I'm convinced that she knows something. And on the very night she arrives, that picture is slashed. You don't think she could have done that, do you? It seems utterly absurd and impossible. Well, it seems utterly absurd and impossible that your husband was murdered in my study, but he was. I know. It must have been dreadful for you. Oh, which reminds me. There's something I wanted to show you. Here. This is yours, I think. My earring! Mm. Where did you find it? Uh, for the time being, I'm not going to tell you. Do you mind if I hold on to it for an hour or two? By all means, do. It's time we were getting down to lunch. They'll be wondering where on earth we've got to. Yes, yes, of course. And afterwards, I must have a quiet word with Lettuce. Ah, Lettuce. I hoped I might be able to catch you alone for a minute. There's something I wanted to speak to you about. Really? About this, in fact. Why did you drop it in my study? I didn't. That's not mine, it's Anne's. I know that. Then why ask me? She must have dropped it. I suppose you don't happen to remember when your stepmother was wearing these earrings last. Uh, Is it important? It might be. As far as I can remember, she was last wearing them on Thursday. Well, the day of the murder? Yes. 
But according to what she said at the inquest, your stepmother didn't come into my study that day. Then it looks as though she wasn't telling the truth. Where did you find it? Underneath the desk. I always knew she was a liar. And I know you are one, Lettuce. What do you mean? I mean that my wife saw those earrings on your stepmother's dressing table when she called on her on Friday morning. Why did you do it, Lettuce? What do you mean? Was it jealousy? Jealousy? <laughs> you can call it that if you like. I've always hated her. Since the first day she came down here and took my mother's place. I put that damn thing under your desk because I wanted her to get into trouble. What are you going to do? Nothing at all. I shall give the earring back to your stepmother and say no more about it. Oh, that's decent of you. And since you're being nice to me, I'll tell you something. I think you ought to get Dennis away from here. Dennis? I didn't want him to fall in love with me. I'm sorry about that. But if he goes away now, well, he might not get hurt too much. The police were searching round the old barrow where Dr Stone had been conducting his so-called excavations all the morning in the hope of finding what Inspector Slack calls a cache. But of course they found nothing. Then, after luncheon, I noticed the vicar going up there to take a look round. He hadn't been gone more than a quarter of an hour than he was back carrying a suitcase. The very one I had seen Gladys Cram carry up there in the middle of the night. I need scarcely say that Inspector Slack was not in the least impressed. I suppose we may as well take a look at what's inside. Mm, not that I expect to find anything much. Oh, just as I thought. Yeah, an old jacket, a greasy scarf, cloth cap... And a parcel done up in newspaper. Oh. His shirt, I shouldn't wonder. Well, I'm good at It's the old trench assaults that belong to Colonel Prothero. And the Charles II Tatsa. Yes, they're objects of some value, I take it. Oh, they most certainly are. Ah, so that was the game. But I don't understand. There's been no mention of these things going missing. Perhaps in all the excitement of the murder, they haven't yet noticed... Colonel Prothero probably kept them locked away in a safe. Uh, I'll go up to Old Hall straight away. This must have been why Stone did his flit up to London. Uh, at least this lets him off the murder. He was playing a very different game. I'll take this little lot to Mrs Prothero. And I'll better have a word with that young lady while I'm up there. She's evidently not as stupid as she looks. <laughs> uh, if you'll excuse me. Goodbye, Hannah. Oh, goodbye. Goodbye, Inspector. <laughs> well, I think you deserve a glass of my elderflower wine for being so clever and finding that suitcase, Mr Clement. Slack didn't seem exactly carried away with enthusiasm. He was just embarrassed because his own men didn't find anything. Oh, well, that's one mystery cleared up at least. Here you are, Mr Clement. Oh, thank you, Miss Marple. Mm. Oh, excellent. Oh, good. You know, the suitcase wasn't the only thing I found in the woods. I also came across this. What is it? it? Looks like a crystal of some kind. Yes, that's what I thought. Well, it's probably 
quite unimportant, nothing to do with anything. I wouldn't be so sure. I don't think we can afford to take anything for granted anymore, do you? Hawes is waiting for you in the study. He insists on speaking to you. He's in a terrible state. Oh, Lord, that's all I needed. Well, I'd better face up to it straight away. <gasps> I'm sorry, I didn't mean to startle you. Oh, you must excuse me. My nerves are all to pieces yes, lately. So we can see. Hawes, you need to get away and take a rest, you know. We shall have you breaking down altogether at this rate. I can't desert my post. That is a thing I will never do. No, it's not a case of desertion. You're ill. I'm sure Dr. Haydock would agree with me. <laughs> Haydock? What does he know? Well, he's considered to be a very good doctor. Oh, that's as maybe. I don't care for him. But that isn't what I'm here for. I came to ask you if you'd be good enough to preach for me tonight. I'm afraid I really don't feel equal to it. Why, certainly I'll take the service for you. No, no, I, I'm perfectly capable of taking the service, but, but I cannot preach a sermon. The idea of getting up in that pulpit and all those eyes staring at me, oh. staring into my soul. Oh, dear fellow. There is really nothing wrong with me. Oh, no. it, it's just these headaches. The powders I take don't seem to do anything any longer. But you will preach for me. Yes, I will, and I insist on taking the service too. You go back home and rest. No, I don't want There's that. No arguments, not another word. Very well. I'm grateful. You've been up to Old Hall today, haven't you? Yes, I have. Excuse me asking, but were you sent for? I don't understand you. I just thought there might have been some new development and that Mrs Prothero had sent for you. She sent for me, yes. But uh, it was to do with a private matter. I see. Mr Redding came to see me last night. I, I can't imagine why. Didn't he tell you? Well, he, he, he just said he thought he'd look me up. Said I must get a bit lonely in the evenings. He's never done such a thing before. I mean, what does he want to come and see me for? I don't like it. He said he might drop in again. What does it all mean? What idea do you think he's got into his head? Why should you suppose he has any ulterior motive? I've never said anything against him, even when he accused himself of the murder. I mean, does he think that I killed Prothero? Oh, Is no. that it? Come... Is he hoping that I'll get myself away? Please, horse, you're talking nonsense. You're going to drive yourself into a complete nervous breakdown if you carry on like this. Go home, get some rest, and sleep. And then come and see me tomorrow. And do put these ridiculous fancies out of your head. I suppose you're right. I don't know what's the matter with me. There are times when I don't seem to be in control of myself at all. Oh, thank you for agreeing to take the service. <sighs> what on earth's the matter with him? He's in urgent need of medical care, I think. I must talk to Haydock about him. Well, I'm sorry to add to your troubles, but I think you'd better have a look at this. Hmm? It was put through the letterbox while you were out. It was addressed to you, but I opened it. I, I could have torn it up, but I didn't. Dear Vicar, I think you ought to know what's going on. Your lady has been seen coming out of Mr Redding's cottage. The two of them are carrying on together. Your wife is a proper bitch, a friend. <coughs> and the only place for this is the waste paper basket. What nonsense. It isn't altogether nonsense. What? I have been seeing Lawrence. You see, when he first came here, I let you think I had only known him slightly. It wasn't true. I had known him... Rather well. In fact, before I met you, I'd been in love with him. Why didn't you tell me? I suppose it was something to do with your being quite a lot older than me. I thought you'd be tiresome, perhaps, about me and Lawrence being friends. You managed to conceal it all very skilfully. And then all this murder business happened. I didn't know about Anne, you see. I couldn't understand why Lawrence was so completely indifferent to me. I don't mean I, I wanted to set it all going again. I just wanted him... To notice me. 
You do understand, don't you? I suppose I do. Uh, I don't know. I have to go and think about what I'm going to say in my sermon. Uh, Mrs Price Ridley wants to see you. Oh, I certainly don't have the least desire to see her. Did she say what it was about? She simply said it was extremely urgent. Oh, well, that is within the bounds of possibility, I suppose. I'd better go over there. Leonard, you must understand there isn't anything between Lawrence and me. It was just... Oh, I, I don't know. Oh, don't think badly of me. I've never been one to beat about the bush, as I'm sure you know. But you understand how things go the rounds in a village like this. Unfortunately, I do, yes. Nobody dislikes gossip more than I do. But I thought it was my duty to tell Inspector Slack that I'd called on Mrs Lestrange at the time of the Colonel's murder and that she was out. I don't expect to be thanked for doing my duty. I just do it. But he wasn't in the least grateful. Said he'd ask for information when he wanted it. <laughs> Different class of man in the police force nowadays. Yes, well, very probably. Is, um, is that all you wish to tell me? Oh, no, no. You see, I have been given to understand that Mrs Lestrange told the inspector that she was at home all the time, that she didn't answer the door because, well, because she didn't choose. Can you imagine? <laughs> Who is she not to wish to receive me? She has been ill. Ill? Oh, fiddlesticks. Nothing wrong with the woman. She was supposed to be too ill to attend the inquest. Medical certificate from Dr. Haydock. She can twist that man round her little finger. Everyone knows that. Uh, uh, oh, where was I? I? I'm not entirely sure. Oh, yes, yes. About her saying she was in the house all the time. It was a lie, and I know it. Oh, now, how could you possibly know? Well, I knocked and rang three times at least, and it occurred to me suddenly that the bell might be out of order. Yes? So I thought I would just go around the house and tap on the window pane. I went and looked in at all the windows, but there was no one in there at all. What time was this? As far as I can remember, it must have been close on six o'clock. And within half an hour, the poor colonel was lying in your study, murdered. Mm. And that is all you have to tell me? No, uh, not exactly. You see, I, I just happened to be talking to Miss Weatherby this afternoon, and she said that on that same Thursday, at the time when Mrs Lestrange was supposed to be in her home, not answering the door to me, yes. she saw her turning into Vicarage Road. And just before she did so, she looked up and down the road in a most peculiar way to see if anyone she knew was noticing her, I imagine. I see. But this time I decided I wouldn't go near any wretched police inspector, not after the way I was treated. Hmm. I thought I would speak to you. After all, a clergyman is supposed to be a gentleman. My text for this evening has a particular aptness for this time. I came not to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. Now, it is a text which has a particular relevance for every person in this church, and I am speaking to each of you, but who are the righteous, and who Something must have sinners? taken hold of the vicar this evening. He preached like a man possessed. St Mary Mead had never heard anything quite like it before. 
by the time he had finished, I don't think there was a soul in the congregation who hadn't begun to examine their conscience and to view their lives in a new light. My words to you tonight with a different text. One of the most beautiful and the most poignant that I know of, and which I hope every one of you will ponder very carefully. This night, thy soul shall be required of thee. Come in, Vicar. Ah. Uh, sit down. Oh, thank you. I didn't expect to see you at this hour. I've just been taking the evening service. I hope you didn't expect to see me there. Oh, no, no. I've long ago given up all hope of that. Now, I had to take over the sermon from my curate, Halls. He really is in the most dreadful state. Mm. I think he needs to get away, take a holiday. Is that really what you came to say to me? Uh, no. No, no, as a matter of fact, I wanted to talk to you about Mrs Lestrange. What about her? There's a story going round the village that at the time she claimed to be not at home to Mrs Price Ridley, she was actually seen turning into Vicarage Road. Well, since this coincides with the time of the murder, you can well imagine that tongues are wagging. Why did you come to me? Because I know that you're concerned about her. It's quite true, Clement. I've been trying to shield Mrs Lestrange from as much of this as I could. As a matter of fact, she's an old friend. Yes. Yes, I uh, had guessed as much. But that isn't my only reason. This is strictly between you and me. Mrs Lestrange is a dying woman. What? I give her a month at the longest. Oh. Do you wonder that I want to keep her from being badgered and questioned? Oh, dear, I've no idea. When she turned into Vicarage Road that evening, it was to come here. But... but she wasn't here. Surely, when I sent Mary round to fetch you after I'd found the body. No, she'd left. Uh, to keep an appointment. Where was that? In her own house? I don't know, Clement. I've truly no idea. You'll have to take my word for that. Oh, I do, of course. And thank you for being so honest. It'll go no further, I promise. Poor Mrs Lestrange. Yes. She hasn't had much of a life. Oh, there was something else. To do with her? No, 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 not at all. I wanted to show you this. I came across it this afternoon. Oh. It looks like a crystal of picric acid. What's that? Well, it's an explosive. Does it have any other uses? Yes. It's used medically, in solution, for burns. Wonderful stuff. Where did you find it? Just in the moment. I want to keep that to myself. I'm trying my hand at a bit of amateur sleuthing. <laughs> Somehow, I don't think that's quite in your line, Clement. It's the kind of thing best left to Miss Marple. She wants to come round and see you. Miss Marple, when? At about half past nine, she said. And what's more, she wants to talk to you by yourself. Dennis and I are invited to a nephew amusing party and a glass or two of homemade wine. You said you'd go? Of course. Just what one needs on a Sunday evening. Well, then I'd better see her. You were rather frightening up there in the pulpit, calling the sinners to repentance. Was it... was it because of me? No. Well, yes, yes, partly, perhaps. Oh, it was because of everything that's happened. I've never seen you like that before. And I don't suppose you ever will again. 
You'd better get ready for your nephew amusing party, and I'll tidy up before Miss Marple arrives. I feel that you must be wondering why I am so interested in this business of Colonel Prothero's death. You may possibly think it is very unwomanly. No, nothing could be further oh, no, from... Oh, please, Mr Clement. I should like to explain, if I may. You see, the solving of various little problems has become a sort of preoccupation with me. For the most part, they are utterly trivial. Like the matter of the changed cough drops or the butcher's wife's umbrella. <laughs> <laughs> but even so, it is fascinating, you know, to apply one's judgment and find that one is right. And you usually are, I believe. That, I'm afraid, is what has made me a little conceited. But I have always wondered whether if some day a really big mystery should come my way, I should be able to do the same thing. I mean, to solve it correctly. Logically, it ought to be the same thing. After all, a tiny working model of a torpedo is just the same as a real torpedo. Well, logically, you're right, but uh, is it necessarily the same thing? Of course, I wouldn't dream of saying any of this to Colonel Melchett or to that poor Inspector Slack. But I'm sure you know quite as much about the crime as Inspector Slack. I know you've been following it up. And that is why I was wondering if we might work together. I'll gladly tell you everything that I've found out so far. Not that any of it makes much sense, but you may be able to make something out of it. For instance, when we went over to see Mrs Prothero at lunchtime... As I see it, if any theory fits all the facts, it must be the right one. But it must account for everything. And I cannot account for that note. The note? The one found on your desk. It oh. has worried me all along. It is wrong somehow. No, but surely that's explained now. It was written at 6.35. And another hand, the murderers, put the 6.20 at the top. Even so, it's still all wrong. Why, Miss Marple? Mrs Prothero passed my garden, as I told you, and she went as far as the study window. She looked in, but she didn't see Colonel Prothero. Because he was writing at the desk. Yes, and that is what is all wrong. That was at twenty past six. We agreed that he wouldn't have sat down to say he couldn't wait any longer until after half past six. Oh. So why was he sitting at the writing table then? Yes, I never thought of that. So, it seems to me we are left with three alternatives... The first would be that Mrs Prothero didn't see him because he was already dead, but that doesn't seem very likely. Now, you would surely have heard the shot. Exactly. The second is, of course, that he was sitting at the table writing a note, but in that case it would have been a different note altogether. It can't have been to say he couldn't wait. You mean the whole note might have been a forgery? It is quite possible. Hmm... And the third? Well, the third is that Mrs Prothero was right and that the room was actually empty. Oh, you mean he'd gone out again? But that would involve looking at the case from an entirely different angle. Well, one so often has to do that about everything, don't you think? <sighs> the whole thing seems to me to be a bewildering maze. Oh, I wouldn't say that. I think there is one theory that fits nearly everything. But there is also one flaw, a fact I can't get over. Perhaps it would be best if I were to go home and think it through again. Hmm? But I'm glad we had this chat. You know, Mr Clement, 
This little palm should really be watered more often. Oh. Your maid should attend to it. Oh, she doesn't attend to anything. And she takes offence at the smallest thing. Do you know she gave notice the other day because letters accuse her of not doing the dusting properly? Oh, dear. I have been stupid. So that was it. Perfectly possible all the time. Hmm? Uh, I don't understand what you're talking about. Oh, it's nothing. An idea that has just occurred to me. Do you know, I believe I have been extremely stupid. Oh, um, excuse me. Yes. 251, the vicarage. Hello, who's that? I want to confess. I want to confess. Hello. Hello? They've cut me off. What was it? Someone said they wanted to confess and I was cut off. You'd better get back to the exchange. I don't think that will be necessary. I must go at once. I recognise that voice. In episode four of Murder at the Vicarage by Agatha Christie, Miss Marple was played by June Whitfield and the Reverend Leonard Clement by Francis Matthews. Griselda Clement, Imelda Staunton, Dr. Haydock, Nigel Davenport, Lettuce Prothero, Rachel Atkins, and Prothero, Francis Jeter. Mrs. Price Ridley, Margot Boyd, Gladys Cram, Una Beeson, Inspector Slack, John Baddeley, and Hawes, David Thorpe. Murder at the Vicarage was dramatized for radio by Michael Bakewell and directed by Enid Williams. Mystery Radio presentation. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Please feel free to like and rate this podcast on your favorite app. Also, there's a Nostalgic Mystery Radio YouTube page for your perusal to subscribe to. You can contact me by emailing me at nostalgicmysteryradio at gmail.com. I hope you have a blessed day or evening. And again, thank you for listening.